Hello and welcome. This is a podcast from Engage Winona called Five Questions with Engage Winona. It is featuring stories from Neighbors Helping Neighbors and other Engage Winona programs in 2021. Lived Experience Leaders is a cohort leadership program that supports and amplifies community members to create positive change in Winona. The program started in 2020 and is now in its second year. Our guest today is a graduate of the program and now leads her own nonprofit, Let's Erase the Stigma. Let's Erase the Stigma aims to restore self-worth, self-respect, and self-confidence to disadvantaged communities of color that have been systematically overlooked. My friend Drew and I are talking to Kathy Sublet, the founder of Let's Race the Stigma. As always, we will let you know when more episodes are on the way. But for now, take a listen. As a starting point, I just want to welcome you, Kathy Sublet, to this podcast with us here and talking about what you've done with lived experience leaders and also Let's Race the Stigma. So I guess starting off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, which you kind of just did. Okay. But maybe just give us a little background on you and who you are and what you love about life. Well, a little background on me is my family was probably one of the first black families here in Winona. And back then, it was kind of hard is what I would say. Uh, I left uh, the Winona area after terrorizing the Winona area because, you know, I was just uh, a teen back then, you know, didn't really have my way, really struggled with uh, identity because there were not many people that looked like me. And so I ended up leaving this area and returning back in 2012 by the request of my son. Um, and so I'm very much involved in the community and I wasn't before, you know, because I didn't feel that it was my community. And so now I um, can appreciate everything um, that my mom was trying to get me to appreciate as a youngster, I would say. But when you start becoming an adult and appreciating the the little things, um, it means it has a different meaning. So uh, to be out here, I just appreciate everything about the nature and the beauty of the city. Um, There's always something to do, and it's not always tied to having money. You can really get out and have a full day and have it be a nice, beautiful day, and it doesn't cost you anything. So I think the community continues to evolve. And with that, that's kind of like how I got involved with uh, lived experience leaders. That's very cool. Uh, I do want to send a quick shout out to your son for bringing you back, by the oh, way. absolutely. Um, shout out to yeah, Jonas yeah. Sublet. There yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> it's, it's great because like you were saying when we met that just, you know, you really wanted to pay it forward in your time here with this community. And we can all agree it's beautiful. And there's yes. great ways to be engaged with your community. Mm-hmm. What does it mean for you to be engaged with your community now that you're back in Winona? What it means for me is getting involved. I'm involved in, um, I'm a certified peer recovery specialist. So I work with people that are coming out of the jail, people that are um, trying to maintain long-term recovery. I myself will be 15 years clean in November. So I try to pay it forward to the people that are kind of like-minded and and been through some of the things that I've been through. I try to inspire them to let them know that you can make it to the other side. Um, I had a criminal background, I didn't let that 
that stopped me. I just basically decided that I wanted to be a part of the community and help those that are trying to make a change. Uh, there's not enough emphasis given to people that are trying to change their life, trying to change their lifestyle. I think now uh, the community recognizes more that some of the issues and some of the behavior uh, that lands people in jail is because of things that they've gone through in their lifetime, uh, some of the things that they've gone through as children, and we need to recognize that versus the punishment aspect of it. Let's see what's going on. Let's see what's the root cause of some of this behavior. So, you know, I just try to be an inspiration that you can make a mistake, fix it, and move on. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, that kind of hits home with me because when I hear let's erase the stigma, I think about that stigma and, and how much of that is rooted in just trauma in life and what folks go through that we don't see until we really pull back the layers, right? Exactly. And so for you to be able to get to that point and be the person doing that, what did that journey look like for you? Well, that journey actually did not even start here in uh, Winona. It started in Rochester. Um, I was going down to the drug court volunteering my time, and um, there was an owner of a nonprofit that was driving from Rochester here to Winona, and they were looking for somebody to build a network here in Winona. And um, so I started the journey right there. You know, I wanted to find out what resources were available in this community. I think it's a disservice when people people get out of the criminal system or they're coming back into society from prison and or jail and you give them a list of requirements that don't have any resources attached to it. Um, the second worst thing is to have those resources and then when they go there they aren't viable resources or we're out of funding. So it's hard to <clears throat> be a success on the other side of making that mistake when the fix it part is not, you know, in order. So. Um, for me, when I began that journey, I said, let me go to this list of resources that they hand you, like you can go here for housing, you can go here for food. Let me go see exactly what the requirements are because another part of that piece is they have these resources. They'll tell you to go to these resources for uh, various issues that you might be having, and then you get to the resource and they tell you don't you don't qualify. So to me, if there's a resource out there that you don't qualify for, that's not a resource that you should send somebody to. So um, that's how I started the journey. And so I began doing um, certified peer recovery specialist services, and I am the type of person that feel that that you can only tell me yes or no. You know, I'm not gonna sit and say, you know, I'm not gonna go there, you know, because they might not, all you can say is yes or no. So as I began to hit the pavement and share my story, um, because I am very open, you know, what you see with me is what you get. I don't fear judgment. I'm not soft-skinned. And so I just started that uh, journey like that. If you tell me no, it's no. Um, I'm going to ask you why it's no, and then I'm going to do some research as to why it's no, because I want to know, is it no for me? Is it no for people like me, or is it just no? You know, so in doing that, I built some, some great resources, and I network with everybody, and I just want to see people succeed. I hear a lot that, you know, um, Kathy, you aren't like them. No, I am them. So, you know, I don't like statements like that. I am them, you know, it's just that, I have a boldness that not everybody has. And so I'm gonna stand on that and um, I'm just gonna continue to dig for those that are underserved and, and marginalized people here within this community. 
Yeah, that's um, that's important, and unfortunately, we don't see a lot of it firsthand. And so, what it sounds like you're saying is that you're a facilitator, but you also create relationships and build networks. So when you're out here in Winona now in 2021, knowing what you've done for nine years in this community, what does that feel like being so well connected with with people who just need that relationship? It feels pretty good because, you know, I am not by far Superwoman or Wonder Woman, but I will be the one that talks to people that people don't even want to approach. You know, um, I just try to have a zero judgment mentality. And um, I don't even look at the time factor. I look at they needed help. You know, they need some assistance when, you know, uh, you have a single mom that comes to me crying because she did something in her past and it's preventing her from having decent housing for her and her children. It's hard to walk away from that, you know. So a lot of my services are based around things that I've had to deal with myself. You know, um, the one thing that I would say is probably the most difficult is, um, showing people to have hope in their hopeless situation. You know, encouraging them to stand up for themselves. Yeah, I, I can be a voice, but my voice is not gonna be better than your voice. You know, I'll advocate for you, I'll sit in, but I just try to encourage them, you know, to be the best version of themselves, but be honest. You know, and um, honesty is a double-edged sword. Some people judge you on it. Some people respect it. And, you know, for me, when I was re-entering the community after my, you know, tirade and, you know, criminal behavior and things like that, one person took a chance on me, and I never looked back. You know, so I just want to be that one person that not takes so much takes a chance on you, uh, but just listens to you and can guide you to resources that can help you. The one disadvantage I would say that happens in this community is that you have resources and things that can help people, but the information is not shared. I feel that we need to do better with sharing what helps people in their situation. It's not a one size fits all. And I don't think that that is expressed here, you know, um, there's individualized situations that are going on with families and people, and you can't put all of them in the same box. It's like a roadmap to success. Yeah, I think that a lot of decisions are being made in boardrooms and offices, and they're being made for people that you have never even experienced what they are going through. And, and I think that is such a disservice. Don't be afraid to go to some of the people that you service. Go see what their neighborhoods look like. Go see the difference in what's happening on this end of town and that end of town. But I just think that there is just so much, um, there's an there's a unspoken divide here. And I just hope we can come together as a community. It's not as bad as it used to be, but we can do better. We can do much better. Yes, and that's the hope.
uh, part of this is, is bringing people's stories out to Winona, and that's a big reason why this effort started to Absolutely. do these podcasts, just to bring stories to people yeah. in our community so they can hear it firsthand. Yes, and so when it comes to lived experience leadership, I was not going to participate in that. You know, I had uh, was told about it by about three or four people because I had kind of like given up on networking in Winona. You know, I just felt like... I wasn't being utilized and I just, you know, you get to a point where it's like, okay, you can beat that drum so often and, and then you just get tired. It's like, okay, go on to the next place. So um, being able to do what I was doing in Rochester and know that there was a need in Winona, that one was hard. So when I came to the lived experience leadership table, I did tell them this is my last ditch effort, you know, to uh, ask them to take a glimpse into our community and pull from our community because there's a lot of talent here. And not all of us have like, you know, initials behind our name or, you know, are well known that, you know, we just really need to take a look at us. And um, I'm glad I, I attended Lived Experience Leadership because um, that's where Let's Erase the Stigma evolved from because people think, especially in this culture and time, everything related to stigma is color. Yeah, color plays a part, but you have economic stigma, you have uh, medical stigma, you have sexuality stigma, I mean, you have class stigma, you know, so I just wanted to do something that spoke to all of that. Yeah. yeah that's beautiful. So much respect for what you did. So how long has Let's Erase the Stigma been a program or been put together because you were part of lived experience leaders over the spring correct mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay so then the cohort got done and how long has this been in the works now well it started in february it was february of this year everything is free um because you know it's, it's needs out here on the other side of covid i think budgeting is um, something that people probably wish they'd have known prior to COVID. But I just try to encourage people to know that even if you have 50 cents, you can put up a dime. And the importance of credit, because I think we've all seen, all of us sitting here right now, have seen the importance of credit. So when I look at um, some of the hurdles that I was faced with, budgeting was a number one. And so I just looked at every aspect of my life, you know, and thought, you know what, I can help the next person doing that. Expungement, key. Um, I've had my record expunged because it was just hanging in the balance. So when I went to apply for an apartment at 60, I got turned down for something that happened 33 years ago, which was outrageous. And I thought, okay, it's just hanging there. Get it expunged. So, you know, I thought of that. I do uh, cultural humility trainings. I do uh, health and health and health and wellness awareness around uh, HIV and AIDS. And I do that because when you have a population, a drug population, and a recovery population the size that we have in Winona, you have to deal with the issues that come with that. And so, those are things that. I don't think are being addressed overtly, but there's people here and um, 
there is uh, a stigma attached to that, so people are living in shame. And what does shame do? You know, I mean, that's the thing. I think shame, shame is the yeah, it's the root of of giving up and, mm -hmm. and not wanting to move forward mm -hmm. and maintaining the status quo. Absolutely. So what you're doing is is bringing it. You're you're bringing accessibility to people. And it sounds to me like you went through the processes yourself. Absolutely. To learn about expungement wouldn't be an easy task. It wasn't an easy task at all. When I started the expungement process, I started with legal aid here in Winona, which then referred me to an expungement clinic in St. Paul. And so you have a packet. They tell you to fill out this packet, which addresses each record that you've acquired that you want expunged off your criminal background. Uh, you're then expected to go up to St. Paul, spend eight hours up there where they go through this packet with you and your record uh, with volunteer attorneys that make sure that everything is correct. Uh, then you ask for the fee to be waivered depending on what your income is. But I looked at that as, what if you can't make it to St. Paul, you know? Uh, what if you don't have access to a vehicle or maybe you've burned so many bridges throughout your usage that nobody wants to be bothered with you, you know, when you're in that behavior, when you're in that criminal, you know, activity. And so I thought to myself, well, why can't we start that process down here, uh, which starts with sending off to the BCA for your record, filling out the packet, uh, knowing what's expungible, what's not expungible uh, in terms of crimes, uh, knowing what needs to be pardoned by the government. So all I'm doing is passing on information to help the process along and have since talked to two uh, volunteer attorneys that hopefully uh, will be able to provide that clinic here in Winona, you know, for people that live in Houston, people that live in Caledonia, people that live in Wabasha, just trying to make it more accessible so that people can get these records expunged, people that qualify so that, you know, they can get better paying jobs, they can get a livable wage, they can get, you know, better housing. So it's just going through, you know, what I've had to deal with myself. And these things are hard in any community, but in a rural community where, like you said, these surrounding towns that don't have that same level of access we do even can make it even more difficult. And it sounds to me that the process sounds like applying for citizenship. And it's, it ironically feels like that to me, that you're almost like you're getting your citizenship back and having to go through such a long process of, mm -hmm. yeah. I kind of relate it to the economy right now. I think every place in the United States has a, I'm hiring, we're hiring, because of what happened as a result of COVID. Wouldn't it be great if you could look past what's on paper with a person and allow that person to sit down and get a feel for them and give them that empty slot? But we're so caught up on, I'm going to do a background check and I'm gonna judge them according to what's on this background check. And you know what, I'm not gonna help them. If you could give a person a chance to sit in front of you, you have some phenomenal people 
that are out here with criminal backgrounds. You have some smart people that are locked up that would, you know, give for a second chance. We are told that if you commit a crime, go pay, you know, with the time that comes with that crime and get out and start your life all over again. But how are you expected to do that when um, you have people that say, oh, because of this record, uh, you can't live here and you can't work here. If you are a nonviolent offender and you have a low-level crime that's preventing you from getting a job, I'm like, make it make sense. So you get out of jail on a nonviolent offense. You have two weeks to find a job and someplace to live or you're gonna return to jail or return to prison and nobody wants to allow you in, how do you do that? How can we help as a society prevent some of that from happening? And <clears throat> it happens because there's systems in place. Like, I don't know that many companies know that if you hire a felon, there's a bond that you can apply for. There's a tax credit that you can get. So if that person does take a job and steal something, you have that bond to cover that. So I, I just think that this uh, you know, second chance thing has to be put into action. We can talk about it all day long, you know, but um, I just think that we can, as a community, learn how to utilize and pull again from our community. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You're, you're hoping it makes sense. Mm -hmm. As one person, you're doing that work, supporting many. You know, I think about what does Winona need to know more about, about you and let's erase the stigma and how can the community support you and your work? The community can support me in my work. I have um, a place where I can host the classes and the programming. I'm looking to add computers, at least two computers, uh, and funding. You know, it doesn't take a lot to operate for me. Uh, the computers would be for the volunteer attorneys because I don't think that a personal computer should be used for, you know, the expungement process because you're dealing with people's personal information. Um, funding with reference to materials. Uh, if we can't get that clinic here and we do have to transport people up to St. Paul for that clinic, you know, help with gas cars. I just try to help with what's needed at that time. It's right in front of you, right? Yeah. Yep, help with one in front of you. Exactly, so if a person um, does not qualify for the waiver of fee. That fee is $243. Can we step in and help with that fee? You know, um, I'm not gonna let funding stop me from doing what I'm doing. I'm just gonna continue to ask because all you can tell me is yes or no. So, you know, if a person does have a hiccup that I personally can't help them with, I wanna be able to knock on doors and say, hey, this is my situation. Case in point, I had a young man that was being released from jail uh, and this was probably a year or two ago. He wore a size 17 shoe. No place in Winona sells a size 17 shoe. So I contacted Red Wing Shoes, told them the situation that he was coming out, and um, I didn't see how he could have a true second chance if he didn't even have a shoe. So they donated the shoe. It was a steel toe boot, and I think that was awesome. Yeah. I just want to be in a position to meet the needs as they present themselves. Yes. So. Well, you have a beautiful soul, Kathy, and the work you're doing is tremendous. 
um, such deep respect for what you've created in a short period of time. And, and keep in mind, as we talk through here, I, I heard you say this was your last sort of last run with Winona on, yeah. on making some more impacts in your life. And here we are sitting here today this summer and it's blossoming. So mm -hmm. uh, is there anything else you want to share? Shout from the mountaintop. That um, it's not work. It's my passion helping people. And it, it really is not work. You know, um, it's just one person reaching out to help another person um, get over some of their hurdles. Like the person that gave me the chance, I want to be the person to give the next person the chance or at least point them to a resource that can help them get through what it is that they need to help them become a better person. Yes. Sounds like your passions have met a deep need in the world. Um, it's uh, it's only going to get better from here, and the more people hear about it, the more good things will be shared. And thank you so much for coming and joining us today, and um, I appreciate you sharing your story. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Five Questions with Engage Winona, a podcast featuring stories of Winonans taking action for change. Special thanks to Drew Altoff for hosting, to Kathy Sublett for being our guest, and to Marcia Ratliff for editing support. I'm Andy Bauer, a board member at Engage Winona. Engage Winona is an independent 501c3 nonprofit organization that drives equitable civic action and social change by working to ensure that everyone has access, voice, and power in community planning, decision making, and change making. Our vision is of a community where everyone is welcomed, heard, and included, sees themselves as community leaders and change makers, and has the tools and resources to create change that supports a resilient, inclusive community. For more about Engage Winona, find us online at engagewinona.org or follow us on social media.